We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Sunday during the Chargers bye week. Uh, my name is Steven, and I am your host. And joining me are my guys, Tyler and Alex. Tyler, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Just reflecting on our quarterback rankings, where I did a stats-based ranking before the season, and one Jalen Hurts was in there in the top 10, and I went through all the comments and all the replies, and, <laughs> and you know what? I feel okay. I feel like I won during the bye week. Yeah, that was a that was a good take uh, from you. Um, you know, me and Alex uh, both kind of argued him as a fringe top ten. So, uh, Jalen Hurts balling out, man. Those Eagles are a freight train. Uh, obviously, Jordan Davis's health kind of a key thing to focus in on there. But um, Alex is here as well, man. Alex, how you doing? Doing good. Fuck Pittsburgh. Uh, whole city <laughs> should get fucked. Eagles win. Uh, so it was a good day. And uh, Gino, uh, the fighting Gino's in Seattle, uh, making me feel not so bad about to knock off the Giants. Yeah, man. That uh, I uh, went in and watched the most of that game before logging on here today. And outside of uh, Mark Sanchez calling the game, it was it was a good watch. It was a uh, you know two teams that are obviously exceeding expectations, and two teams that are really doing a lot of cool things schematically it's uh fun to watch some good blocking tight ends for a change as well um so you know it is what it is but it was a good day in terms of watching football obviously you didn't have a whole lot of stress today got to watch the raiders get completely shut out by the new orleans saints uh which was a whole lot of fun they didn't cross midfield on offense until uh their final drive of the game so offensive wow. genius josh mcdaniels <laughs> there we go some other good takes from this show in terms of josh mcdaniels so 
Um, today's show, obviously, we're going to talk about um, where the Chargers stand here at the bye week. Of, of course, the bye week is coming to a close, but um, we're going to talk about some question marks, some things that the Chargers need to improve upon, um, kind of take a, a gander over at the AFC standings and really kind of uh, assess where the Chargers stand in that group. And then, uh, of course, we'll take some questions at the end of the show. So um, I'm sure we'll have a lot of uh, trade question mark uh, questions uh, at the end of the show. So obviously save those for the end. So um, first and foremost, I wanted to go over some things that really have kind of stood out to me that the are areas that the Chargers need to, and I think can for the most part, improve upon. And for me personally, um, I want to start with this third down defense that we've seen from the Chargers. Um, obviously, it was a big concern last year, which I think was uh, a key motivator. And then in the way that they operated this offseason. So, you know, Daniel Popper had a great article about this. Um, and, and here's what he said in terms of the third down defense. The Chargers have been among the worst teams in the league this season on third downs with eight or more yards to gain, allowing opposing offenses to convert 37 percent of the time which is something, you know, we talked about a little bit after the Seahawks game, but um, only the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been worse than the Chargers on third and eight or longer. Um, and the league average for third and eight or longer in terms of defense is a 23.2% conversion rate. Chargers, obviously, significantly worse than that. They're also the dead last team in EPA allowed per dropback on third and eight or long. So, um, Tyler, I mean, you have kind of talked about this back and forth in terms of like the secondary and the pass rush and things like that. What, what kind of stands out to you when assessing the way the chargers are approaching teams on third and long situations? They're approaching it by not having the right personnel out there. And I don't mean like, I don't even mean like they can change who's out there. They don't have the guys. It's, it's not going to change. This is not going to change barring, you know, some good luck going their way or some more batted passes or something. You know, Asante Samuel Jr. is playing well. We like Jeremy James. We like Khalil Mack. I think the interior is mostly playing well. But they can, you can either be the Jaguars and maybe, you know, you're not so great. Like, you know, what am I trying to say? You can do quick passes or scheme something open where you can confuse the Chargers linebackers. Or you can just beat the Seahawks, who basically, if you just take care of Khalil Mack, there's no pressure on you. So I'd love to see this third down defense change, but they can. you can either attack these linebackers or just sit there and someone will eventually come open because the, the Chargers defense right now is not very schematically sound, not against the run, especially uh, east and west on the outside. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going to change. I would love to say that there's some sort of change, but there's no additions. You just lost Chris Rumpf, who wasn't doing a whole lot anyway. So unless Jeremiah Tautu shows up and becomes a world beater on third down, it, the same problems are going to be there. So I don't even know what to tell you. You can keep blitzing, I suppose. If you want, if you really trust Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr., you can keep doing that same blitz sort of scheme you did against Wilson, against the Raiders, against the Chiefs, sort of against the Texans. But otherwise, like I don't really expect this third down defense to change. Yeah, I'm, I mean, they're playing like a third down defense that doesn't have Joey Bosa, um, that doesn't have someone who was supposed to be their number one corner uh in jc jackson and won't have him for the rest of the season um so like there's there's not a whole lot you could do at that point derwin james has not really been playing like a top five safety right if we're just like being honest with ourselves obviously he's been okay not been bad this season um but in addition to the fact that you know like tyler said their defense is just if you stop khalil mack or if you can hold up khalil mack 
no one else on that defense is really giving you a lot of problems right now. Um, aside from maybe Michael Davis one half against Denver, like <laughs> that's really um, some of the defense, you know, and Drew Tranquil like on occasion. But other than that, it's really just been they don't they don't have a lot of playmakers right now. And in when you don't have those guys, it makes everything that Tyler's saying, in addition to the defense not being schematically sound, stand out a whole lot more when you don't have those guys. So, um, you know, yeah. hopefully Joey is back by the end of November. Hopefully, you know, they figure out what to do in the quarterback room and kind of reshuffle things there. But until the Chargers either get some guys back or, you know, just kind of make the best of what they have, at least get a little bit more pass rush uh, than they have been getting without Bosa. It's kind of just going to be the same third down defense, which is last year's, but, you know, accentuated by not having the playmakers. Yeah, so there there are a few things that both of you guys kind of highlighted, and I, I do think that there are some personnel tweaks that they can do that can can help make a difference. And, and you know, for me, the the biggest concern, frankly, is just the miscommunications that keep on happening, the blown coverages that keep on happening. And um, you know, that's not something that's purely personnel based. Like these these are issues from Asante Samuel Jr., from Derwin, from obviously Drew Tranquil, who's a good coverage player. So um, the amount of blown coverages to me is frankly a big bigger concern than hey we don't have joey Bosa right now obviously like in a vacuum that sounds like a bad take right because joey solves so many issues but this is the second year of the defense and we're still seeing all of these issues in terms of communication and how they pass off and how they um match routes and things like that and um that is something that i think can and should improve because you look at who they have in the secondary right you know bryce callahan asante sammy jr derwin nas like this is not a group that should be struggling with these kind of issues. Um, I know JC Jackson obviously is, is injured and he was not playing well before he was injured. Um, but this is a group that theoretically should not be having these kind of issues. And so um, some of that, of course, probably stemming from the lack of a pass rush. But in terms of the secondary, I, I think it's just a matter of guys trying to do too much. I mean, if you look at um, the touchdown of Santos Samuel Jr. Uh, allowed last week, you know, that's poor eyes by him. He was trying to make a play on the ball as opposed to making a play on the man. And I think that is just poor technique. So I don't think, you know, there's a lot of like Brandon Staley's scheme sucks. Like the schemes just is not very good. I don't know what the reason is, you know, who is necessary to blame, but there's just not a, you know, true, like cohesive feeling from the way that the Chargers are matching routes. And I, I think that to me is the biggest second, the biggest issue with this group right now. Cause you look at, again, you look at this personnel and this is, this is not a group of secondary players that players that should be having these issues. So if the chargers can kind of buckle down on the lack of communication errors, I think they can improve this, but I mean, you're talking about, <laughs> I feel like I, I need to have like the special teams conversation again, like just don't be worse or just don't be the worst <laughs> in the unit in the league. And you know, the scheme should be, something to improve upon but um schematically it's just a big concern how many times that they are just not communicating properly yeah it's why you could almost point to saying this defense actually could be good because you see moments where 100 this seems really good and against the seahawks like it's it's, you know, it's pretty close pretty pretty close but there's always that play in some game there's always that play and for whatever reason you know tell or not to let's go staley talked about when he first was hired it's not just transmitting a message to your defense. It's not just relaying information. 
the difference between that and teaching is, is very significant. And right now, for whatever reason, and, and Popper pointed out in his article several times so far, the message just isn't translating. I don't know what it is. The scheme, it's not easy like Gus Bradley by any means. It's not that easy, of course. But at this point in year two, with some very smart and talented players, it shouldn't be this difficult. So, you know, everyone's asking in the, in the chat, what's the issue? It's coaching. For whatever reason, coaching, teaching, all those things, it's just not working right now. And I think some guys on an individual level are improving. You know, I think Jerry Tillery right now has been playing a lot better than he has. I think Morgan Fox is having a career year. I think Austin Johnson looks great. All that sort of stuff. Drew Tranquil looks great. But for yeah. whatever reason, when it comes to being 11 players on a scheme, there's just a couple of guys every other play, in particular on third down, who just aren't getting it right now. And I really think that comes down to coaching. Yeah, and again, like uh, you look at where this scheme is being played. I mean, obviously the Eagles are not necessarily outright doing a Vic Vangio kind of defense, but a lot of the same principles that the Chargers play with are being used in Philadelphia. I mean, you look at the Broncos. I mean, that's that's literally a guy who was coaching under Brandon Staley uh, with the Rams a couple of years ago. And obviously the Rams are not like where they usually are, but they're still a really good defense. So um, just the way that this coaching staff is communicating, like I don't feel like the defense is super well coached outside of like a few plays here or there. So um yeah, that's definitely something that needs to be addressed. One thing that I do want to see in terms of personnel packages, we don't see in third and long situations, we don't really see Jerry Tillery and Morgan Fox on the field at the same time a whole lot. Um, you know, that package, if you're talking about Cleo Mack, those two, and then another edge rusher to, is probably their best pass rushing package at this point. But I always feel like I see one of Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day on the field at all times. And I understand they're the two best defensive tackles on the team in a vacuum, right? But I would like to see them kind of pivot a little bit more towards a, like a, their version of a NASCAR package. I mean, obviously, you're not going to bring in, you know, kick kick Calvin Oy inside or something like that. But, you know, allow Jerry Tillery and Morgan Fox to really kind of wreak some havoc at the middle. And, and um, I think that is an improvement personnel wise that they can use to get more of a pass rush out there on third down. This is where we're at. More Jerry Tillery. This I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I get what you're saying, though. I do I do get what you're saying. And I think people are still you know, unhappy with Jerry Tillery. And I understand why. But there are things he's doing as a pass rusher that are really solid. And I believe, what was it, one play or two plays against the Seahawks that were negated by penalty? Yeah. Um, I think he had a couple of really good rushes there. So that's where I had on defense. More Jerry Tillery, you know. We'll, we'll see what happens there. I don't know. Uh, not expecting a whole lot from Jeremiah. Tauchi would have loved to uh, be aggressive this week, but we'll see what happens there. Um, all right. The next issue that I wanted to highlight here, in my opinion, um, you know, a lot of people talking about the passing game, and, and I think rightfully so, right? But I think for me, the rushing offense is, you know, holistically a, a bigger problem, right? Because eventually you'll get Keenan Allen healthy. You'll get Mike, Mike Williams back. Um, so for me, the way... The position that this Chargers rushing attack sits right now is is a huge concern for me. So um, currently the Chargers are 27th in rushing DVOA and 23rd in EPA per rush. Last year, the Chargers were 14th in DVOA on the ground and 15th in EPA uh, per rush. And so the Chargers inability to run the ball, I think, is really costing them. I highlighted this a couple of weeks ago because of the way that they want to run play action. And it's still a big issue. Um, we've talked a little bit about the tight end perspective and, and things that can change there, but Alex, what, 
how do you think the Chargers go about, if at all, improving the uh, rushing attack on offense? Um, at this point, like, I mean, pray that you get your original offensive line back. <laughs> that, that's for one thing. If you give Rashawn Slater back at some point. Um, other than that, I mean, it's just kind of you can try to like sort of patch holes. But really, Trey Pipkins is pretty banged up right now, obviously playing with the sprained MCL. Zion Johnson has not been as good as when he started the year. Um, Austin Eckler's rebounded, but now they lost Josh Kelly, right? So it's sort of just like you you plug one hole uh, either on the offensive line or in the run game, and then another one opens up, and that's just how it feels like the Chargers' run game has been all year. Um, I, I think there are some interesting things they could try that just maybe like that could get them more interested, but again, they don't really have the people to do it right now, right? Um, end arounds to DeAndre Carter, like we've just decided that those don't work at this point, so we're not going to do them, right? So, you know, maybe you could have gotten Mike Williams involved in a couple, you know, handoffs or sweeps here or there. You could have just tried to do some of that stuff, but obviously Mike Williams is now out for a month. So if you wanted to mix things up uh, and, and make the rushing offense a little less traditional, you could have tried to do that, but now you can't. Um, so I think the Chargers rushing offense at this point sort of is what it is and it's amplified by the fact that the chargers don't have a passing offense either right i mean the fact that you don't have keenan allen 100 the fact that you don't ha- you're not gonna have mike williams for the next month and deandre carter and michael bandy are you know your wide receiver two and three at this point um so that's the position the chargers are in this is why people are badgering them to trade for a wide receiver or do something there as well um but at this point, like it, it all just kind of blends in together on the offense, the rushing offense not being good stems from the passing attack not being good, which, you know, stems from all these other injuries as well, stems from, you know, Herbert not being as sharp as he was last year. And I think at some point it just kind of all goes together. And until one of those things improved and, and Herbert starts just having some of those generational performances he did last year or the Chargers start getting wide receivers back or, you know, they just try to be a little bit more creative in their rushing attack. You know, it's it's all kind of going to suffer for the worst that the Chargers don't have really any of those pieces put together. Yeah, I think this I think this rushing attack is so, so close. And we saw for just a brief moment in time against the Browns. But, you know, this offense that comes from the Saints and Joe Lombardi, blah, blah, blah. They want to have a two back system and they want to use two tight ends. They want to use several tight ends. You do not have a good second blocking tight end and you currently don't have a real viable RB2 right now based on the way Michelle is playing. I think both guys could potentially turn it around after the buy, or as I say, Trey McKitty um, could turn it around after the buy. Absolutely. But those things are suffering. Uh, they're, they're just, and those two guys are just not playing all that well. You don't have Kelly, you don't have Parham. So things are going to continue to struggle. I know people are frustrated in the chat about, you know, Lombardi's play calls and the scheme. I think the scheme's fine. I can point to several plays against the Seahawks where Jamari Sawyer for, I, I didn't expect this, looks so good in space everyone's blocking all five linemen are blocking no problem but Trey McKitty gets walked four yards in the backfield and Austin Eichler has to stop his feet and he can't get anything going you know another play where Sony Michelle is supposed to run could be you know everyone on the right side blocking no problem but Trey McKitty gets blocked you know four yards in the backfield and poor Sony Michelle has to kind of like adjust and you see him hesitate and do the wrong thing but I think that stemmed from McKitty you know not getting it going so if you don't have a back you know, a second back I should say who can't really create more than what is given to him and you don't have another good blocking tight end you're, you're kind of stuck um, but i do think the scheme itself is 
it'll work if you have the right guys. I think right now they're just suffering because they don't have those guys right now. They need to get Kelly back or another RB2. Maybe Spiller steps up. I don't know. And they either need Parham back or they need McKitty to just revert kind of back to his good 2021 self where he was, you know, man by himself blocking Cam Hayward at the goal line and pushing dudes around against Pittsburgh. Yeah. They got to get back to that. So I do think there's a chance that they get better. I feel like they can with just a couple guys returning very, very soon. And Keenan Allen does help a lot as well. That is one of the best run blocking wide receivers in the league. He's by far the best run blocking wide receiver on the team. That's going to help a ton too. Yeah. I think Palmer probably Josh Palmer is probably second on that list for the team. So um, they definitely have a slot blocking problem as well as a tight end blocking problem, which you talked about. I know people are, are rightfully frustrated with Joe Lombardi, but I, I think the way that they have pivoted their rushing scheme is is really fun to watch. They're just not as they're not executing it as as well as they should be, in part because of personnel. But um, you know, the scheme is sound, in my opinion. They, they're doing a lot of cool things in terms of their counter game. They're doing a lot of split zone, a lot of inside zone. So they've really pivoted from an outside zone heavy team that they were last year. To doing some really smart things on the ground is just you're, like your Tyler is saying. You don't have a legitimately good blocking tight end. You don't have a legitimately good blocking slot receiver. And if you really watch, like that's that's where the Chargers have had their biggest issues on the ground is is being able to set the backside edge and handle the point of attack on the opposite edge. So um, that's a big problem. So I'm looking forward to really seeing how they handle things once Donald Parham and Keenan Allen, um, you know, kind of get back into the groove, but. You know, this this rushing attack to me, like it's never going to get going unless Joe Lombardi really like places an emphasis on it. And I think, you know, this is kind of really showing up in the red zone for me because, you know, you're looking at an an offense that has um, taken a 10 percent decrease in terms of touchdowns per drive. And a lot of that really kind of stems from, in my opinion, getting into the red zone and not running the ball enough. Like I know people want to see Justin Herbert air it out and all that, but. I look at this team get into the red zone and they're doing way too much in terms of the passing game to try and get Justin Herbert and the receivers going when, in my opinion, the best red zone offense that they have right now is the rushing attack with Austin Eckler. I mean, we saw it a little bit early against the the Seahawks when they were still kind of in the game. So, um, you know, for me, like this is just a, a Lombardi needs to really emphasize the run game and, and keep the game script positive. And so, um, that's, that's an easy fix, right? Like Joe Lombardi, just being able to focus on the run game should theoretically improve this rushing attack and allow them to get, you know, more high leverage opportunities in my opinion. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, when was the last time we saw Keenan Allen do that? You know, I'm going to be between three defenders and Justin Herbert's going to rifle it in for a perfect touchdown. We haven't been able to see that this entire year. And I sure. think like Keenan Allen existing, in this offense is going to change the red zone offense so much when you're condensed like that. I'm honestly surprised they didn't go to as many Mike Williams fades as they did in previous years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I get that that's not like a good play, but also if you only have Mike Williams, that's kind of his play. Uh, but now you do have someone like Keenan on who can do so much. And then at the end of the Seahawks game, Austin Eckler is running a whip route at the goal line. Like he's Hunter Renfro <laughs> or something. I had no idea he had that in him. I have not seen that from him in years um, in any of his years, I should say. So, yeah, go with the run game, go with Austin Eckler, go with Keenan Allen, and eventually you'll get Donald Parham. That's, I mean, they tried to set up, I believe it was against the Seahawks, that screen to Everett. I think he got like five or so. Um, they're trying to get in the red zone, get that going. That's also Donald Parham's play. So they get him going as well. 
And then at some point, try to get back to Xander Horvath. I think that, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, like you said, they're, what they're doing right now was a bit too complicated to try to do something else. And I feel like there's just specific guys that should be featured more. And one of them is Keenan Allen, and he'll be back. Yeah, and if they're going to want to continue with the two tight end stuff, I do want to see more Xander Horvath and allow him to get some more opportunities as a blocker as well. So, um, Alex, anything else that you wanted to mention here in terms of uh, schematics or personnel that you think the Chargers need to uh, improve upon coming out of the bye week? Um, Not really. I mean, we've kind of said everything in terms of improving this game, like, it's really just getting guys healthy and, and trying to make stuff work because right now they're they're sort of playing with a bare bones roster. Um, if you know you said by week seven or whatever we're in week eight next week when they come off the bye that we would be down J.C. Jackson and Joey Bosa and all of these players on offense and defense. It's kind of a miracle they're four and three. Um, and if you look at point differential and all these other metrics as well. Um, you know, they're sort of fortunate to be in that position. So at this point, I think it's less scheme related because there is a bit of a nature to the Chargers right now where it is kind of reshuffling deck chairs on the Titanic when it comes to like, okay, what can they really do better? It's like, okay, well, a little bit more Xander Horvath. Here we go. Like, is that going to be the change to the offense? Not to get too doomer here, but at some point I do think that it, it just does come down to getting guys healthy and and making sure that, uh, you know, obviously a big part of this team is, is getting Justin Herbert back to 100% and what he is last year. Cause if Justin Herbert, you know, continues playing like he has been the last couple weeks. This is not a playoff team. If Justin Herbert plays like 2021, Justin Herbert, this is a playoff team. Right. And I think that is the distinction and will determine how far the Chargers go this season as well. Yeah. I'm, I mean, he would never admit it, right? But I, I think the rib injury is getting better, but I still think that it absolutely is is impacting him. And, um, you know, obviously after the bye week is uh, allowing him to kind of rest up and, and get even healthier. No, absolutely. There's – it's hard to tell because it's not like we have this rib injury and he has all of his receivers. So it's like, okay, we can clearly isolate what the issue is here. He both has an injury and a sort of banged up offensive line, and he doesn't have his receiver. So it's, it's really hard to tell. With that said, watching him, you can tell like there's just something that's a little bit off. I don't really know what it is yet. I'll need to see more games, but like he, he just won't pull that trigger. He can't just can't quite make that tight window throw. He can't take off and run. So yeah, it's um he's definitely struggling more than he'll let on. He'll be as good as he will be after the bye, but we still need to remember that this is not 100%. Yeah, I mean, we've just seen differences in his play. Like Tyler said, he's just kind of not throwing that ball in where he should or like going after that window as aggressively. The batted down balls problem. I mean, you know, how many did we count against Seattle and in the last few weeks in general? Um, and then, of course, against Seattle, there was just the, you know, really egregious error where he just there were two uh, defenders blanketing DeAndre Carter and he just decided to throw the ball there anyway right so something yeah definitely is off with Justin Herbert um and you know the the Chargers especially in this situation right now where they are down all these players really only go as far as Justin Herbert will take them uh, especially until Joey Bosa and and some of these key contributors do come back yeah absolutely and I think it's definitely not a coincidence that the best the offense looked in against the Seahawks was when Keenan Allen was like really making an impact so um hopefully that uh, changes there Tyler anything else that you want to mention in terms of improvements or or key things to focus on after the bye week 
Uh, yeah, I could go with a couple of things. Let me look at my <laughs> good old list here. Uh, addressing the hidden yards here. And I think if we want the offense to be good, the offense is like, I think it was like 15th in yards per drive or 12th or whatever. It's like average, but boy, they could really use some help in both kickoff returns and in penalties because we're asking this offense with an eh, banged up offensive line and a hurt quarterback and no receivers to go 85 yards a game or per drive, I should say, yeah. is what it feels like because you have DeAndre Carter who's like, not only is he averaging 19.3 yards per attempt, it literally looks like that. There's not even like a budge <laughs> around that. Like he just hovers yeah. right around that mean for some reason. So, you know, if you're starting Justin Herbert at six yards, you know, per drive back on average, then a, then a touchback and then your, your offense, whether by fall start or holding, which I believe before this week, and it'll probably go down because they didn't play, but they were bottom five in holding penalties and false start penalties on offense. Like you're asking the offense that's already banged up, not that talented at the receiving core with some guys out to do a lot. And so you really need to address those hidden yards, get a little bit better blocking on special teams or on kickoff return, I should say, get DeAndre Carter to get three more yards and then don't set the offense back with penalties. And not that there's not that they you know have a kickoff, they go to the 19 and immediately there's a holding penalty. It doesn't work like that. Not always, but you can't start from the 19 and then get a 10 yard penalty and say, okay, now, with yeah. no talent at wide receiver, go drive 85 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> like, you have to be better in that category. And so just a little bit more there, a little bit less, you know, shooting yourself in the foot. I think you could be better. Yeah, you know, uh, Alex Kasten from uh, Chargers Wire uh, had a great breakdown on special teams uh, earlier this week on, on his uh, Twitter page. You can go check that out. It was fantastic. Um, and there's definitely a blocking issue still on uh, kickoff return. And DeAndre Carter has not been perfect by any means, but... Um, there's been a few times where he's had a lane and it's like, you know, Chris Rumpf will miss a block here or like Joshua Kelly will miss a block there or, or Xander Horvath will miss a block there. So, um, I, I would think that, I mean, the Chargers special teams has, they, they're top 10 in DVA right now as, as everybody mm -hmm. predicted it would be, you know, Ryan Fick is doing a fantastic job, uh, with that union. I think we will see some adjustments on kickoff return, whether that's making a change to Michael Bandy or whether that's making a change to Joe Reed remains to be seen but um I, i'm i think ryan ficken is probably the best coordinator on this team right now so uh i'm gonna trust mm -hmm. ficken to figure a way out to you know fix the the return the kickoff return unit because frankly that's the only thing keeping the chargers back from having a top five uh, special teams dby unit so um you know he's doing a he's doing a great job and uh, i'm excited to see what happens there with uh the kickoff return unit but i do think they probably should make a change because DeAndre Carter is frankly being asked to do way too much right now. And I think making that change to Bandy or to Joe Reed is, is just a really simple ask to keep a guy fresh. Yeah, might as well. Joe Reed was sort of your kick returner too. If Palmer is out and if all these guys are out, Joe Reed might be active. So might as well. Or let Hightower do it or anybody else give it a shot. But it really couldn't be all that worse than 19 yards per return. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, like, the, the Chargers at one point when Nasir Adderley was returning, you know, kickoffs and punts were like, all right, well, we shouldn't probably do that anymore because, you know, he's going to be yeah. one of our starting safeties. And now DeAndre Carter is going to be a wide receiver, too. And it's like, oh, OK, well, you know, he can still take kickoffs, right? Um, yeah. You know, we wouldn't have Mike Williams or Keenan Allen in the positions that they're in still doing kickoff returns and, you know, putting themselves in dangerous positions. Right. Anyway, so DeAndre Carter really right now is the second best receiver on the team. Um, you probably should go in a different direction and, and try Joe Reed, like Tyler said, 
uh, or go through you know some other route when it comes to kick returnings. Or maybe you find someone that just gives you uh, a different spark anyway in this time where DeAndre Carter is playing this bigger role in the receiver room. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I think getting less of Carter on offense and allowing him to focus more on special teams, I think would be beneficial. Or, you know, if you're going to have him be a starter, you know, have him do a little less on special teams. Uh, Todd, did you have another one you want to point out? Not really. Um, outside of just being a better first quarter team, the Chargers are, I think, second worst yeah. in, in points per game allowed um, as a defense and then 26th oh, wow. um, in points scored. Um, I don't know how much of that has to do with, you know, time of possession or whatever, but the defense is not doing anyone any favors. The offense isn't doing anyone any favors, and they're one of the worst first quarter teams in the league. Yeah, you want to talk about stealing points. I mean, you look at the best teams are so good at, like, ending the first half with a score and then starting in the second half with another score. And I feel like we just never see the Chargers actually go out and do that. So um, it, it's funny how that works because in the first three games, it was like great first quarter team, terrible third quarter team. And now it's like bad at both. So that's fun. Yeah. And I mean, going to time of possession, I'm, I'm pretty sure Seattle was one of their worst performances of the year in that regard, uh, where they just had a lot of three and out drives. Yeah. Um, just checking the numbers now, but they had 26 minutes and 31 seconds of possession against Seattle for the year. They averaged 30, which is good for 16th in the league. So they're very middle of the league in terms of staying on the field. But obviously, as the injuries have piled up and as they just haven't been as efficient on offense and haven't been staying on the field for as long for these you know sustained drives then obviously that time of possession number has has come down a little bit from kind of where it was maybe those first couple weeks of the season as well um so yeah i mean i definitely would like that goes back to the run game which we were talking about earlier and just being able to stay on the field for longer portions of time which um would also improve defensive performance, right? Because I think you saw the defense struggle and, and get gassed versus Seattle for that very reason. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great call. And for me, that's that's a bigger reason why they they need to really focus in on the run game and, and allow their defense to kind of stay off the field. So, um, all right, we'll, uh, we'll kind of take a stock here of the AFC. Obviously, the Chargers on a bye week, getting uh, potentially some help in terms of the standings this week. Um, so if you guys have some questions, uh, we'll get to those in about 10 minutes. So uh, I've seen some already kind of strolling through. So um, if you want to kind of sort this as like a tiers conversation, I think we can kind of start from there. 
Um, and I think for me, you know, we can safely say that the Bills and the Chiefs are in the tier of their own. Um, and then that second tier is kind of really getting some clarity as well. I mean, Titans getting a win again, and uh, I think getting a win again today in Houston. Ravens are five and three. The the Dolphins won in Detroit today. They're five and three. The Jets lost. So to me, they're kind of out of that conversation. So for me, there's like pretty clearly like a tier one, a tier two, and a tier three. And I think the Chargers are in that tier three right now, holding the seven seed. Um, we'll see what happens with the rest of the other teams. But um, obviously the key question mark here is if the Chargers can kind of do enough to make the playoffs. So um, Tyler, where do you see the Chargers fitting into the AFC right now? Yeah, let me just really quickly pull up the playoff standings because I need to keep that all in my head. Uh, so Buffalo, Tennessee, Tennessee at two, of course. I knew Arjun was wrong. <laughs> Arjun told me that I should have been on Tennessee, but I swear to God, that team always figures it out somehow. Really? As, as far as the sorting goes and where the Chargers should be. So I have them at five and five the rest of the way. And it basically comes down to, is this a team the Chargers can beat? Is this a team the Chargers should not beat? Typically, it comes down to coaching or just health. Um, some games like Kansas City, San Francisco, that's a loss. Games like Atlanta or the Colts, that's a win. It feels very cut and dry to me at this point until they're healthy, or at least until they get a bit more healthy. Then you have kind of a, a wild card team or game against the Rams that really could determine you know, where they go. Are the Rams down by that point? Are the Chargers any better? We'll see. Um, they are definitely not a Tier 1 team. They are definitely not a Tier 2 team right now. You could say that now, if the Chargers were fully healthy you know, with the guys that are expected to come back and they go into the postseason, could they beat Kansas City, Baltimore, Tennessee? Sure. Could they beat the Bills? Probably not. But everybody else, like I think the Chargers could beat them. But as far as where they're at right now, they're a tier three team that is a couple injuries away from being, you know, completely out of contention. The fact that they are seventh is kind of amazing. With that said, everyone here, with the with the exception of Cincinnati, they're not really all that great either. They're all kind of like yeah. you could you could cluster a lot of these guys in a tier three sort of category. So I think like just because the AFC is so weak this year, I think they could still make it, but we'll see how that health holds and how they do against, you know, the Falcons after the bye. Right. Um, I mean, really the AFC is, I mean, if we're trying to make tiers, Buffalo and Kansas city, um, I think are pretty clearly your tier one. You can put Tennessee and Baltimore probably in your tier two. And then it's a whole lot of, mid <laughs> i mean at this point <laughs> aside from maybe the dolphins obviously Tua has you know not been healthy yeah. for you know a couple games this year um and yeah. they've experienced losses because of that um but i don't know like the jets are the fifth seed right now and zach wilson is garbage like I, <laughs> like i'm officially ready to call that one because uh, that was a rough game today and like tyler said cincinnati i mean jamar chase is out uh, a month so like that team is probably going to experience a little bit of a hit um, in terms of their standings, have a tough game in Cleveland tomorrow night. Um, you know, it, it, talking about Cleveland, even a team that's two and five right now uh, and supposedly on bottom, they are going to get Deshaun Watson back uh, at some point here. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of made a run on that basis as well. Um but yeah, really, to me, the AFC is really three, four teams deep, and everybody else is is kind of like a fight for those three spots. 
um, like Tyler was saying. So I think the Chargers can get one of those spots and be a wild card team. And then you hope at some point they're healthy enough to maybe pull an upset over Kansas City or over Tennessee, over uh, a Baltimore in that first round. But at this point, it really, the, the schedule, I think, is pretty challenging, too, um, in terms of at least their next few games here. And, and Tyler said he looks at a game like Atlanta like it's a win. And I'm like, can we? Are, are we supposed to do that? I mean, that's a going to the East Coast game at 1 o'clock after what Atlanta did today, which is put up 34 points. Um I don't I don't know. Their rushing offense probably could really give the Chargers a lot of problems next week. And then their next two games after that are San Francisco and Kansas City. And should the Chargers be favored in any of those three upcoming games? I don't think so at this point. And if you're staring four and six um, or let's say five and five, you know, down in the middle of the face here in a couple weeks, that could be really tough. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think the Chargers are a playoff team based on what the format of the playoffs is. They allow half the teams in the conference in now. So by that yeah. metric, the Chargers can be a playoff team. And, you know, if Herbert puts it together and gets healthy, they can take on anyone in the playoffs, right? If we get that 2021 version of Justin Herbert. Um, but right now with the Chargers not getting that and the Chargers being injured in addition to all these other factors, I think the Chargers are technically a playoff team and they're the seventh seed as demonstrated here. But um, I don't know. I don't know how long I expect them to hold on to that playoff spot and then what they would even do with that spot if they got there. If we're just judging off of the same Chargers team that we're watching right now. Yeah, no, I think that's that's really fair. I, I think the Chargers should be favored at Atlanta. I know the Falcons are technically first place in the NFC South, but um, they're not they're not really like a playoff team. I think they're doing some really cool things on the ground. Absolutely. They finally figured out that Kyle Pitts is good again today. So that was, uh, you know, good for my fantasy squad, I guess. But um, from a DVOA perspective, you know, football outsiders has the Chargers as the fourth easiest schedule remaining on the season. And, and obviously they have some very difficult games, you know, at San Francisco home against the chiefs. Those are, those are definitely difficult games, but, you know, their, their next six, you get the Falcons and then the Niners Chiefs, and then you have Cardinals, Raiders, Dolphins. You know, if you come out of that next six-week stretch four and two, you know, you're you're talking about an eight and seven team at that point uh, with, um, you know, three games to go. So I think the Chargers could certainly make a run here, you know, relative to the phrase, right? I think an optimism, an optimistic take is that they get to the playoffs, maybe make it a little frisky. Maybe they win a playoff game, but anyone mm -hmm. expecting more than I think is going to be disappointed. But when you look at the AFC, I think we can safely say that, you know, the top four seeds right now are playoff teams. And I think Miami probably has that fifth spot, but um, I don't expect the Jets to be there at the end with the way that Zach Wilson is playing. We'll see what happens with the Bengals. I mean, losing Jamar Chase is going to be huge for them. I don't expect the Patriots to figure it out. The Colts are lousy. So, I mean, really, you're talking about the Chargers being one of three teams, maybe four, to fight for the last two playoff spots. And I think they can do that. But like you guys are saying, like a lot has to go their way. And maybe this is the year that they get some lucky bounces go their way. I mean, it's certainly been the case so far against the Browns and against the Broncos as well. So. You never know, I guess. 
Yeah, definitely never know. We'll see what Cincinnati looks like without Jamar Chase ripping it off for 60 yards uh, off a screen. Um, <laughs> yeah. The only one that really sucks for me is looking at Denver, too. Like, that one, mm-hmm. do I want to see the Chargers go? Like, the Chargers just beat Denver and kind of off of, not a fluke because it was legal, but kind of a fluke. Do I think they can go to at Denver and win that one? I don't know yet. But I think... I think they're going to go one and two the next three games. Um, again, I just don't believe Atlanta's going to pull it off against the Chargers. If they do, um, everyone can pack their bags and go home because that season would certainly be over. <laughs> but um, just survive, go one and two, and then from there, hopefully guys get back. And then we can kind of see what the team is really going to look like. But they also got to stay healthy the rest of the way. Uh, so I don't know. I'm I'm fringe barely optimistic they'll make the postseason and only because their schedule is 50 50 and the afc is not great yeah i'm kind of on the fringe too but you know they just need honestly like nine and eight just like last year kind of probably gets them into the playoffs so um we'll see what happens so uh if you guys want to drop in the chat if you think the team is a still going to be make a playoff team feel free and do that otherwise we'll uh, get to some questions here um, first and foremost, shouting out uh, Tyler's mom with the uh, big super sticker, as always. Appreciate the support there. Um, so, yeah, uh, if you've been dying to ask us a question uh, about where things stand with this team, about trade deadline stuff, feel free to uh, let us know. Super chats, always appreciate it for sure. Oops. I think we're mostly out of trade questions. I think people have given up on the idea of never being anything. <laughs> I appreciate the optimism from uh, Jarrett Holyby. He still says Super Bowl. Um, that would be quite a shock at this point. Yeah. It's one of those improbable run things, right? If they make it to the postseason, then they just, for whatever reason, Herbert decides to have a God-tier game and everyone's healthy. Like I do think there's a, a scenario where they can do damage, but Super Bowl asking this team to do that three times um, and then, of course, fourth for the Super Bowl. I I just I can't see this team like beating the Bills. Like oh, God, there's no, no. Bills, and like no. if you're talking if you're talking about a Super Bowl, like one of those three games you have to win probably is against the Bills. You know, as close as this team has played the Chiefs to you know at points as well. I don't see them beating the Chiefs right now. I don't see them beating the Ravens. So if you're talking about those top three teams in the AFC, if in a three game series, if you want to put it that way, you would see the Chargers, you know, or pick them to lose each one. I don't know. Like, it's hard to pick them when the AFC, of course, you could get momentum and crazier things have happened. Like the Giants team of, you know, 2012 and, you know, all those years that they got in the playoffs and did some damage with Eli Manning. Um, but at this point it would be rather improbable with, you know, how good the top teams in the AFC are. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a, a thing for, I get all the time on Twitter these days from Marquise, uh, is it better for us to miss the playoffs long-term so that we fire this lack- lackluster staff? I mean, listen, like there are certainly people who are, are rooting for losses at this point. I'm not one of them. Like, I think this core needs to start figuring out how to win games. Like, you know, that's, that's the bottom line for me. You know, we haven't seen Justin Herbert in the playoffs yet. Um, You know, Keenan Allen hasn't been in the playoffs for a really long time. So 
I'm of the business that you root for wins and then you can figure out coaching staffs like down the road. So, you know, it's not out of the question that you make a coordinator change after making the playoffs. Like I think we've seen teams do that, at least smart teams be proactive. I mean, the Ravens um, have, have kind of been the the class there of terms of making proactive coaching decisions. So um, to me, like, I think you want this team to win. Like you want this team to get into the playoffs and allow Justin Herbert to get some, playoff experience and be able to uh, make a run at some point. So I, you know, if you, the chargers miss the playoffs again, you're talking about three years, no playoffs in any of the single seasons that Justin Herbert has had, you know, he needs to experience how to win. Like I understand that wins are not a quarterback mm-hmm. step. Absolutely. But you know, this, this core needs to get into the playoffs and like, that's really how we're going to see them grow and, and take that next step to, you know, being contenders. So I'm of the business that you want to root for war wins and you want to see this team make the playoffs. I'm also of the mindset that if the chargers are nine and eight and they make the playoffs versus their 10 and seven, or sorry, let me say that nine and eight and miss the playoffs versus 10 and seven and make the playoffs. I don't know if that determines this staff, like, or if they get another year at this point. Um, Sure. You know, we talked about the Sean Payton stuff before or other, you know, people that could envy this job. Um, but I don't necessarily think that making the playoffs um, makes a difference. I mean, we just different scenario, but we just saw what the Raiders just did with Rich Passaccia, who took the team to the playoffs. And then they said, oh, we want Josh McDaniels. And that's been going out really good for them so far. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think at this point, Staley's staff is probably safe if they make the playoffs, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a guarantee that if they make the playoffs and they got blown out by Buffalo or something like that, all of them would just keep their jobs, um, especially in this like current state. So I don't know. I don't really think it's better or worse. Yeah, I don't think the staff, if they miss the postseason, I think someone gets fired. Because I think I think someone will have to. I think it'll. I don't even know if it'll be Lombardi. Like I, I do think it'll be someone like Ronaldo Hill. We got to uh, throw Tom Arth under the rug. Yeah. Hey man, <laughs> this team this team <laughs> fucked up. We gotta... <laughs> I mean, they might, but I, I'm in favor of them going for it and and trying to do their best because because I want to know. That's part of the reason I wanted to see them make a move at the deadline instead of teetering off and fading away, how close really are you? Even though a lot of guys are hurt, how close could you really get? And what will it take to make that next jump? But if you're making the exact same, you know, you don't make the postseason, that same exit that you did last year, then I don't really know if you can evaluate how close you you really, really are. So, I mean, the, for what it's worth, the Chargers also did go 4-0, different situations, um, but, but to end the season, and then Lynn was still fired. So if it looks awful... Let's say the defense is, is absolutely terrible, you know, maybe, but they win because of offense. Maybe Staley gets fired. Um, but I, I just don't think they're firing anyone because outside of a scapegoat fire. But I, I do want to see them push. I just want to see, try to have some sort of winning mentality, try to make the postseason. Let's say you, you, know, you make the, you've all these injuries, you make the postseason and you make it to the wild card game. Like at least you kind of know, you know, where you're at and, and hell, maybe you win. They weren't supposed to beat the Ravens. They weren't supposed to beat the Bengals. But those are the two last most recent Chargers wins in the postseason. So just push for it. See how close you can get. 
and then evaluate what you need for your team moving forward. Yeah, I mean, obviously different situations, but you know, the way that I feel about this Chargers team right now is is the way that you could maybe look at last year's Eagles team where there was all this conversation, right, about is Jalen Hurts a franchise quarterback? Like, is Nick Sirianni like a legitimately good head coach? Like, what really is this team? You know, they had uh, some poor showings against the Cowboys after getting blown out and things like that. And and they made some really high-quality adjustments. They made a push. They made the playoffs. And obviously, it wasn't pretty in Tampa Bay. But that momentum of making the playoffs as a young team allowed them to go out and be aggressive and go out and realize, like, hey, like, we're a couple pieces away from making a Super Bowl push, and now they're the best team in the NFC. And, you know, I think that's obviously not where the Chargers wanted to be at this point in the season. But um, I, I think you want them to make a playoff push and anybody rooting for losses. Like, I – we did that in 2020 and in 2019 where it was like lose out, like tank out, let's get draft picks. And it's like, that's just not, that's not any fun. That's not where you want this team to be. So um, I don't think making the playoffs would preclude them from making changes amid the coaching staff, unless they like make a playoff, like a legitimate run, uh, win a couple of games in the playoffs. Like that's, that to me is like the only way that this staff remains fully intact next year. Um, Richard Mazara, I think that's how you say it. I apologize, Richard, if it's not. Um, he says, I need to see something this week against the Falcons. They had a bye week. If they come out slow and sluggish, uh, obviously you can kind of fill in the blank there, but um, this, the bye week track record is not great for Brandon Staley uh, after he had a bye week and then came out against the New England Patriots and they were slow and sluggish last year. So you know, this is this is a week absolutely where coaches, you know, kind of make their money. I mean, how often do we see the best coaches in the business come out of a bye week and they have a great game plan and they just kind of take it to that next team? So I think the Chargers last year did a lot of smart things in the second half of the season um, schematically. And, you know, it didn't pay off in that first week out of the bye week. But, you know, this is borderline like must win territory for the Chargers. And we'll get into all of that throughout the rest of the week. But I think Richard is right. Like you have to see this team show up, start hot, finish strong against a team that frankly uh, is probably one of the bottom five rosters in the league right now. So this is a game that the Chargers should absolutely win and frankly need to come out firing on all cylinders this week. Yeah. I mean, I know Herbert was hurt, but the the defense had 14 days or whatever it was to prepare for the Jaguars and uh that didn't look so hot for the defense so <laughs> yeah uh, but yes after the bye absolutely I do think the offense like you just have Keenan Allen back hello you can run your offense a whole hell of a lot better with Keenan Allen out there even with Mike Williams out so I think we will see more from the offense I do think the run game will just it'll be better than it has the last two weeks like the offense won't be as oh god knock on wood all this it won't be as bad as it's been the last two weeks I don't think that's even possible against this Falcons team, but we'll see. Um, Casey Hayward is not healthy for the revenge game, so I think that I think they'll be okay. It, it's really the defense I need to see because they can't give up two scores to start the first quarter again against the Falcons and Marcus Mariota, who attempts 18 passes a game. So, obviously, a lot of uh, conversations about Tom Telesco in the chat. I believe that his contract is up after the season. If I'm not mistaken. Bye bye. <laughs> I, I I think it's it's pretty clearly Brandon Staley's team, at, at least on defense. Offense, I don't know, but they've certainly drafted offensive linemen differently. I think there are some 
you can definitely point to some Telesco patterns throughout. Um, but it's it's pretty clearly Brandon Staley's team, unless you think that Tom Telesco wanted Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, Kyle Van Noy, Bryce Callahan, um, wanted to start and feature Chris Harris Jr., Eric Gerald Banks, Everett. Gerald Everett, Evang Basie, I mean, I, Trey Marshall. So unless you thought that, you know, Telesco really wanted all these former Staley guys, it's pretty Jeremiah Tauchu. Jeremiah Tauchu. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Big uh, uh, Staley guy, Jeremiah Tauchu. He was with Staley for two years, man. I mean, I think I think he's probably more of a Telesco guy at this point, of, you know, from that draft. Um, and bringing back all the old Chargers. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that to me is why last week I, I said, like, if they're going to make a move with a trade deadline, I think it comes down to Brandon Staley going out and, and being aggressive. But I think it's pretty clear that they – they believe that they can just have a next man up mentality. And we've seen that across the board. Um, and it just obviously has, has not panned out. So um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see about Tom Telesco, man. Cause if they, if they don't make the playoffs, like there's, you can't talk yourself into renewing his contract. Like you, you just can't. No, you can't. Um, I know there's some rumblings about some guys leaving the chargers department as well. So I don't know. We'll see what they do. Um, who that would be, who the next GM would be, I don't know. I'm willing to bet it comes from the Broncos or the Rams, um, <laughs> or, the, or you know, not maybe not current Broncos and Rams, but you know, yeah, the, no, the guys from that regime. Staley, Staley's gonna want. You know, again, they've kind of empowered Staley to have a big say here. So, you know, he, the smart thing if you're moving on from Tom Telesco is to get somebody that Brandon Staley is familiar with. But again. I understand like the roster is super injured right now, but I mean, everybody in this chat and then the three of us all said that this was like a top five roster heading into the season. So, um, you know, there are certainly quirks about Tom Telesco, but you know, Brandon Staley is very involved in the roster construction at this point. You can make us GM. That'd be fun. I would absolutely run this team into the absolute freaking dirt, but by golly, we would have had Bo Melton on this team. <laughs> Oh my God! I would, with put, I would grab like five Anthony Schwartzes in the draft and just line them up, and we just go fucking go routes all the time. It would be awesome. I know for a fact that if the three of us were in charge, there we would not be having this wide receiver dilemma because we would have have drafted no. a receiver every single year for like the last five years. So you know, yeah, we might we, we'd suck, but by golly, <laughs> receivers. We would, would we would have to fun, it would be the most fun five and eleven team or five and twelve <laughs> team of all time. We would absolutely have to retain Ed McGuire because I I don't know shit about the contract and cap and stuff like that. So that's what Arjun's for. That's what Arjun's for. There we go. Screw Ed McGuire. We got Arjun. We're good. Our our cap expertise <laughs> is messaging Arjun in the Twitter DMs just like <laughs> Arjun, what do you fucking think about this shit? <laughs> oh man. All right, so I am not really seeing any other questions. So um, if you guys have any, we'll take a couple more questions here for like three minutes. So fire away. We also, big, big thing here. We would have kept Kaiser White. Yes, we would have. Yes, and we literally could have made that work with Arjun. If you know, you know. If that <laughs> were actually the case, we 100% could have made that work. Yeah, and Adrian Phillips would still be on the team. Absolutely, for sure. 
Khalil Herbert, Justin as Jackson, well. and Bobby Holly. Justin Jackson. It would, Bobby. See, but that's the thing. <laughs> Bobby Holly. See, I, see, I would also be playing favorites and having all my favorites on the team. It would be like you know, $200 million deal for Bobby Holly and Pahoko, whatever. Oh my God. If we had Austin Eckler and Khalil Herbert right now, I. But hey, man, Isaiah Spiller, Larry Roundtree. It's great. Ew. All right. Well, I guess um, we're not talking about Kanye West. That's no, we're not doing that. We're not going down that rabbit hole. Um, all right. Last thing here. We got t- uh, two minutes here before we have to uh, head out. So uh, trade deadline obviously happening on Tuesday. Lots of uh, conversation no. about Elijah Moore at this point. Tyler already saying no. Um, we have, well, reportedly there's some other people on Twitter talking about a, a trade for a safety. I don't know if that ends up happening, but um, Alex, uh, final thoughts on the trade deadline before we uh, head out for the day. Uh, nothing's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> like it or not, we're stuck with this current team and whoever comes back from injury and whoever's elevated from the practice squad, probably till the end of the year. Um, yeah, so I, I don't foresee much happening at the trade deadline. The Chargers have never really been proactive at the trade deadline, and I wouldn't expect that to start now. So, yeah, don't get your hopes up for anything. And then on Tuesday, everyone's going to be angry that they didn't make a move at the trade deadline. Maybe rightfully so. But if you were expecting something, I don't know what you've been watching the last couple of years. Tyler, final thoughts there. Um, you know, YOLO balls to Michael Bandy and Jason Moore are really cool. <laughs> Um, I, I can't wait to, to see it No, but I mean, I, I still have a tiny bit of optimism and hope they are four and three. I, don't talk to me about the numbers that are bad. Don't talk to me about anything else. Um, I'm going to hold out hope for it, it's a week to week basis though. I'm week to week. <laughs> You're week to week, just like everybody else on the Chargers roster. I feel that. Yeah. Um, I will say, I, I don't expect any trades to happen. I think we could see this team be active on like the veterans who get cut market. Um, as we've seen with obviously Andre Roberts and Dustin Hopkins last year, as well as Sony Michelle to start the season. So um, that's kind of where I think they'll take some of their adventures, if you will. But I mean, Nelson Aguilar to me makes a lot of sense. He's likely going to get traded. You know, he would fix their speed issue. Um, Marquez Callaway, same kind of thing. Although both of those teams won today, you know, I think, the results of today kind of hurt the chances that the Chargers do end up making a trade. So um, we'll see what happens. I do think they could be active, like I said, on the veteran cut market, um, which they've done that before over the last couple of seasons. All right. So that's going to do it for us today. I appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be back on our normal schedule this week as the Chargers prepare to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Um, should be a, a fun must-win game, I guess, if you want to frame it that way. Um, so excited to see how this team responds, right? I think, like I said, good teams come out of the bye week with a good showing, and we'll see really uh, what happens to the Chargers this week. So uh, appreciate everybody showing up today. Appreciate the comments and the super chats. And uh, if you are listening to this, please leave a rating or review. We always appreciate that, and we'll see you guys next week. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual 
the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.